Hey, listen to Commander Kukul Podcast, episode 307. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. We're going to continue the arc of the secrets of EDH by talking about a deck that's a little bit higher powered. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? We're back. What is going down? Whole bunch is going down. We're going to do another Chris Von Doom deck? Yeah, that was a little bit by accident. Yeah, but... We're certainly not showing any preferential treatment to him. It was just, this was the deck, and I had another one that, that, I, that I liked, but it was too similar to one that we've done recently. So instead of doing the same deck by different people two times, we're doing different decks by the same person in the same month. So, so it, it doesn't matter to the listeners really because it's it's a unique and cool deck, mm-hmm. which is what I think they tune in for. <laughs> I hope so. Instead of just hearing us rag on Chris Von Doom, like <laughs> which he, I think, like he's Max Crandell. <laughs> f- to be fair, I think people do also tune in to hear us do that, and we we are going to do that oh, in good. rag on both Chris Von Doom and Max Crandell. We also have some stories to tell some people to thank. Before we get to any of that stuff, we have to thank our official business daddies, FusionGamingOnline.com, their source for all your gaming needs. Oh yeah, and I got a couple orders from them. Ooh. Got a couple orders from the fusions I did and uh, some sapperling cards, some some common and uncommon sapperling cards that I just didn't have. Man, those are more cards that you just, hey, Brando, you used to play a sapperling deck. Do you have this and this and this? And I would have said, Well, yes. I had all the expensive ones, though if I didn't, I'd go to Fusion Gaming and use CCO Spring promo code and get 5% off on my whole dang old order. Oh, so, so expensive stuff? Yes. Cheap stuff? Yes. Sealed stuff? Anything. Singles? Yes. Wow. So and, stuff you're going to buy anyway. Yes. Huh. And if I was going to spend over $100, I'd use CCO Perks and get 10% store credit kickback. Ooh. Yeah. And then on that store credit, you can use the, the CCO Spring code and save even more money. Mm-hmm. I used my kickback from my most recent order that I use CCO Perks on because I'm buying the 2019... Islands and mountain promos from the Magic Fests. Oh yeah, because I want to pr- the palm tree I've, islands. I finally decided those are the lands that I want to put into Brutaclans. So that all the lands match. I'm going with those ones, and the reason I'm going with those ones is because when you like hold them in a light, so they have like glare on the foils. Well, that's one of those cool island, like cool lands where some of the uh, art isn't foil. Oh. And so like it, it's got a real cool effect on there, and I like the pictures, and they go really good with brutoclad because palm trees go with everything that's that's science and the mountain has like a cool like space meteor that kind of looks like brutoclad's head so that's what i'm doing and you could do that too after i've acquired the number of lands that i need yes Mm -hmm. well hey speaking of speaking of um pictures of the moving variety now Uh and no glare or glare we tested out to make sure that when we were doing some filming recently that there wasn't any glare on what we were doing and that will launch soon. Do you remember? We tested. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I do remember I was, that. I was stretching for a segue. Yeah. I, I was, was stretching for a segue. Yeah. And I was like, this is like the most minor thing that we did all day, <laughs> but it fits. <laughs> so it worked. It worked. It worked. So uh, super excited. We yes. talked about it a little bit on the pre-show that we've got some new content coming out. There's going to be a little commercial preview thing that's a lot of fun. There's music and it's very CCOE. And if you want to see the preview or the inevitable content first, you can check out 
patreon.com slash CCO podcast and you get into the discord and you get to see all that stuff a little bit early and it's very exciting I'm yep. excited for it Ryan is too we hope you are as well and it's going to be really cool and yeah. we hope everybody tunes in and checks it out and really enjoys it you know what I'm thinking about like of course patrons are going to get early access to the content which is just a little thank you, you guys can watch it first I want to do because it's going to be like a once a month thing I kind of want to do a little watch party YouTube YouTube kind of lets you do that or they let you premiere it but I'd rather just like have people watch it and be on a Zoom call with them just so cuz it'll be fun. You remember when we did the Kickstarter and we went oh, on Oh, that was a great time. We just drank beer and we had like how many people? 12 at one point people yeah. in the in the Zoom call and it was just fun. When that guy told us about that bar where they have a Caesar where one of the garnishes on the Caesar was just an entire burger. Yes. Man, I want to eat that now. Yes. Where was that? Magic Somewhere. Fest there. I want to go there and eat, drink that. <laughs> I don't remember. And eat that burger. That's what I want. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But he sat in the bar the whole time and he was like, yeah, everybody here knows me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, cool. Yeah, That's excellent. like our bar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Super man, we cool. We didn't get to go to our bar on Thursday because Ryan had family over. Yeah. And then Aiden, F you Aiden, he has baseball now. Oh. So he doesn't come out on Thursdays as much. And then me and Alex were just sitting there like, well... Alex doesn't drink. Yeah. So yeah. I wasn't going to go just drink beer by myself. That's what I did. Well, like after after I left your house after that Kickstarter Zoom call, mm -hmm. went to uh, went to Market Mall and bought some I don't know sleeves or something, and I just went and had a beer, and hmm. some fries, hmm. and then another beer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. There we are. Yeah, so here we are. We've got a deck. Chris Von Doom. We uh, we we talked about some new content. If you want to become a patron, link in the show notes below. If, you, if you're not a patron and you still want to watch, fucking subscribe. Because, On YouTube, yeah. because that's where it's going to show up. And if you want to watch it, if you subscribe, you're going to know about it. Okay? Yep. Just, you don't even have to turn on the little bell. There'll be a little picture with our logo in it, and there'll be a little red number one. That's just, and then you'll watch the damn video. You're going to really enjoy it, and it's going to be great. I think that's what happens when you do click the bell. Nah, when you click the bell, you get all kinds of annoying notifications and push things, and your phone makes oh. all kinds of sounds. Screw all that shit. That's annoying. I thought just, that you used to tell people to, like what to do to the bell. Do you remember that? Do you remember you telling people to do all the dirty things to the bell? No, so that was the like, that's the like button. Oh, mm -hmm. well, okay, so. The the bell, you take it. This is Everybody knows this. Whenever you see a bell, you take it, you flip it upside down like a cup, and you take a dump in it. Everybody knows that. Oh, I thought everybody you were going to say drink beer that. out of it. No. Oh. See, I, mean, I, I guess not everybody knows that. No. I, okay, not everybody I don't want to be that. drinking my beer out of the same thing that you crap into. Well, definitely not. You know, <laughs> like that, you know that bell in, in uh, what is it? Pennsylvania somewhere in Philadelphia, the Liberty Bell or yes. whatever it is. You know why it's cracked? No. Too much shit in it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They're all like, look at this big bell. How many times do you think we can crap in that, boys? And they flipped it upside down. Everybody just... Bah, 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 oh, bah, man. Bah, 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 so many while. people in the land of the free are so mad at you right now. And it just cracked. <laughs> and now they washed it out and they put it on, on in display. Including Chris Von Doom. Yeah. Because the Liberty Bell is like his next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey I, hey, I can't help the history I was taught. I'm Canadian. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Come up here and find me with their super high level of Canadian geogra geographical knowledge? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Google Maps exists, but you know. Oh, yeah. No, Google Maps ends at the border. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, I guess there's nothing in Canada. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh, there's Toronto, where our friend fucking Steve lives, yeah, right? Yeah, there's yeah. Toronto. Our friend Steve, too. Yeah, yeah. We all know each other up here. Yeah, yeah, because there's one Steve, one Ryan, one Brando. Um, yeah. Oh, lots of people know where Vancouver is. Vancouver 
Vancouver, and, Washington. Oh, and and may, yeah, exactly. And maybe one person in the United States knows where Montreal is. Just the person, the one person in the United States that watches hockey. Oh, yeah. That's why they know yeah. where Montreal so that's is. That's Max Crandell. We don't have to worry about him. Oh, yeah. yeah we got his number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a shit in his bell. <laughs> that's right. And Lenny and Steven, they know where Calgary is because they were there. Oh, Calgary doesn't actually exist. That's, There's three cities in Canada. Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We tricked you. Yeah. We're not even real. What is this? What is life? What is reality? No. Don't even exist. Commander Cookout Podcast, baby. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So, (laughs) hey, thanks to all the new subs, by the way. Lots of people came over here because we're doing that Mana Crypt giveaway, and they say things like, hey, I I didn't expect that I'd like the content, but you guys are pretty good. I'm like, fuck, I know. We do all the things right, but nobody fucking watches. That's what we've been saying this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. And then I talk about pooping in their bell. Yeah. Now, you know what? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe all those people were just... And maybe, you know what? Maybe they're Canadian. How can anybody say that I, I'm for, for sure wrong? Were you there? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, how do we know the moon isn't made of cheese? Have you ever been there? No. Yeah. I've never been there. No. Yeah. I would go if I had the opportunity. I think that'd be really cool. This is getting close to misinformation. <laughs> this is getting close to if you weren't there, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is a bad way to... Um, trust in science <laughs> now that only this is only true with things that are in space and bells oh space and bells they're in their own category yes they're very very specific categories mm. mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. now that we know that that's the category you know what else is in a very specific category ryan Rafine the scheming seer yes mm-hmm. that's the commander we're going to do today we figure we be- now that we've dumped a bunch of science and geography on people, we should probably do some magic stuff. Yes. Rafine Scheming Seer is 1-4 Flying Ward 1 Sphinx Demon for white, blue, black. Whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives. We'll get into connive in a second. They connive X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. And we'll- so to connive, that is to draw a card and then discard a card. And if you discarded a non-land... The conniving creature gets a plus one, plus one counter. That is correct. So whenever we attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Attack with five guys. Connive X. Draw five, discard five. Each non-land puts a plus one. That is correct. And all that happens before combat damage is dealt. Also correct. So if we attacked with like 40 guys and, and they're all zero ones... Mm-hmm. And then we connived 40 and discarded 40 non-lands. We one of them would be really big. One of them would be really big. Mm-hmm. And we could kill somebody. Yes. That sounds like a CCO deck. Yes. Yes. That you can do like that one. How many times can you do that? I guess two. Let's say two. Two. Hey, yeah. that's enough. Because, two times. Because then I can just untap and hit another opponent with that 40. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not until end of turn. It's a counter. Oh, yeah. That Something tells me. That that is not what Chris Von Doom and this deck aim to do. <laughs> Spoiler, I have played against this deck. Oh. Totally steamrolled it. Oh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably from a from a build perspective or a piloting perspective, Chris Von Doom, man, not that good. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> Although, to be, Rafine is very good. A lot better than I think we gave her credit for. Uh, in our legendary creature review, I think yep. she's got a little bit more play than than we initially thought, and she is kind of scary in a way. But she has some flaws that we'll get into way later on in the in the in the review. Okay, so why does Rafine have play? I guess that's the question. Okay, so the the, the show notes, the show notes, the show notes, show notes. Um, 
why does Rafine have play? How does this deck win? Why is Rafine good? Because of the ward one. That doesn't seem like it's fantastic, even though it's better than nothing. Mm. Flying, one, four. You can target Rafine like with its own ability. Yep. So like does it does it hit you in the air? Yeah. Is that what is that what one of the things we should be watching well, for good. is? There, in this deck, there's lots of things that have evasion like flying or unblockable or what have you. There's lots of that present in the deck again. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Yep. Rafine is good because as you attack with two creatures, three creatures, you're A, making a creature bigger probably each time you're attacking. Yep. And you're also drawing Two cards, three cards. Just, Ooh, yeah, and right? or filling up your graveyard. Yeah, you, which is your second hand, and we are playing black and, to a lesser extent, white. And actually, these days, to a lesser extent, blue, because all of those things can play things out of the graveyard. Yeah, so we're we're drawing cards, and, and we're incentivized to put non-lands into our graveyard, thereby making our creatures bigger and not actually even discarding them because they're going into our second hand. Exactly. Okay, so that's what we're going to look at. Before we do, little tiny little bit of podcasting business. Okay. Little bit, little bit. We, that was the that was the preview for the deck. Okay. There it is. Right. Uh, podcasting business. Okay. We said uh, take a look at all the social media channels mm -hmm. because we've got some new content, but we didn't mention it. We've got a little Mana Crypt and Playmat giveaway. Oh, yeah. So if you want to share any of the social media posts on Twitter or Facebook, links will be below and on the screen right now. Thanks, Joe. Mm -hmm. You can get yourself entered. You share those with friends. They get subscribed. They follow us on Facebook or Twitter. They get entered in to win Mana Crypts, like $100. By us, he means CCO Podcast and CCO Brando on Twitter, because I think it's fun to have followers, too. Yes. Even though the CCO Podcast is more the official one, I'm just also there. Yes. And it's not just a Mana Crypt and a Playmat. There's more stuff. Is there more stuff I now? Just, I just haven't gone through my trade binder oh. yet. But there will be more stuff, and I promise it won't be junk from the foil bag. Oh, and it won't be curled in half sky oh, diamonds. Oh, I promise nothing as far as those go. I may or may not have a few of those left kicking around the house that That's... might make their way into an envelope. I like that. I like that. Okay, so that was one giveaway. We've got the Mana Crypt and the Playmat, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, the second giveaway. Oh, shit. Stinky Booster Pack game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to give Booster Pack away for somebody in on the pre-show last week guessing Denry Klin. And not very many people got it. Man, we got to, those those hints were just there were two. This week people will get it. I think people get week, it this week. But here here's the winner of last week's pre-show booster pack game. Okay. You let us know you get a booster pack or a sticker pack or a token pack, all CCO themed. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. By watching the pre-show and subscribing too. Can do it. The winner. Stephen Christopher. Two first names, eh? Hmm. Can't trust that guy. Nope. Sounds Stephen made Christopher, up. that's probably a fake name. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's definitely yep. not a real name. Yep. So get after us, commandercookout at gmail.com. Claim your prize. <clears throat> More than anything, I think, claim your bragging rights. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And may, may I suggest, actually, the, the CCO sticker pack. Not only are the stickers really cool, but if you have somebody that doesn't know much about magic but does like stickers... It turns out that our stickers are popular with those people as well, and oh, yeah. I know that because I gave some of our stickers to somebody that is a sticker enthusiast and not a magic enthusiast, and they liked them. So cool. for the, the non-magic player in your life, stickers. Stick them. Stick them right on their mouth if they talk too much. Yeah, or on the window of their car yep. or somewhere. On a church pew. Very visible in public life, right? Top of a urinal like that 
paranormal podcast sticker on the top of the urinal at the coachman. You ever see that? Yeah. I kind of want to, I kind of want to, I kind of want to know what it is. Just, just because somebody touched a urinal in order to advertise that show, I kind of want to watch it too. I'm going to put CCO stickers on the top of all the urinals at the next Magic Fest. And they'll probably get, they'll probably come over and say, hey, there's, there's CCO stickers on all the urinals. You can't put stickers on urinals. You can't put stickers on stuff like the venue doesn't want that. And I'm like, I don't know who put them there. Yeah, who put them there? Well, I don't know. Well, you're giving them out. Can you tell whoever you're giving them to to stop putting them on urinals? I'll be like, I don't know who put them on urinals. I don't know. <laughs> a bunch of them got stolen. Yeah, well, they're already on urinals, uh, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, guess. what's the... How that's, do what we... that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and then that judge that got mad at us for, like, being around or, like, trying to get into the command zone by not through the... Oh, man. The th- then he'll be the one just sitting there just like, scraping it off with the goo gone. Oh, no, he'll he'll come right up into my face again and say, don't stick your old stickers on thing, and he's like, here's a scraper. You have to set an example. Oh, man, pe- people who know who were there will know, yeah, because he was, like, right here, mm. right here, and I'm like, dude, man, we're wearing masks for a reason. Like, don't, don't talk so close, you know? <laughs> Quick... Uh- <laughs> If you're like me and are part two can, and you got a really big schnoz like I do, mm. it's really helpful because people can't do that to me because my nose is big enough that they can't, the eye. they can't really get close, which is really, I really and, appreciate and that. And in, in real life, Brando's a little bit shorter, so his nose, when somebody gets too close to him, pokes them right into their yeah. mouth, right mm-hmm. into their mouth, and it just, they don't even need a sticker on their mouth to Exactly, because my, my honker's in there. It's awesome. <laughs> Gross. What does the inside of somebody's mouth smell like? Oh, it's, uh, sometimes it's not so bad, but sometimes they've just eaten. Oh, Gross. Yeah. Let's change the subject. That was the podcasting business. Big thank you to to the new subs. Big thank you to the patrons. Watch the channels for upcoming content and giveaways. Yeah. And now, should we do a deck? I guess so. We could do a Chris Von Doom deck again. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Cut to the cards. <laughs> All right. How about we start with... A simple category. Now, we talked about earlier on this is a little bit more of a high-powered deck, so expect to see strategies that you don't usually hear about on Commander Cookout. Oh. That's going to be part of the, the secrets of EDH. Hey. Because we're going to talk Who about it. Who are you, me? I know. You're, I got you're, the, I figured out the secret this you're week. You're freaking meta-ing. I know. Me. I, I turned meta into a verb there. Is that, that, is yeah, that okay? Absolutely. Okay. It is. Are you okay. kidding me? So we're going to find some, some more powerful cards here. We're going to talk about that as we go along. But just be prepared that when I say things like Pact of Negation and Fierce Guardianship, yes, that is what we're doing in our Counterspell category. Here. And, and also Arcane Denial. Yes, and Arcane Denial <laughs> is also there. But that, that one costs two and everybody draws cards. Pact of Negation is a free Counterspell that you pay for on your next turn. Fierce Guardianship is a free Counterspell as long as you control your commander. Yes. Those are the counter spells in the suite. Yeah. Did we just get right into the deck? Let's do some ramp quick. Let's do the quick ramp. Yeah, this this would be easy. Check this out, everybody. So we have Talismans of Progress, Hierarchy, and Dominance, Sol Ring, Mox, Opal, Mana Crypt, Arcane Signet. Those are those are them. Those are those are That's them. That's Did that. you say Mox Diamond? Come on, Chris, you're slipping. Where's the Moxie D? Hey yeah. There's a Mox Opal. Oh, that's okay. He's got lots of artifacts. That's fine. Well, there could be more Moxes in there, is all I'm saying. Always more Moxes. Removal? Let's do some removal quick, too. So we have new one. We'll talk about this one for just a shake. It's Void Rend. People seem to like this one. Yeah, that's a good card. It's a gooder. So it can't be countered for white, blue, black, instant, destroy target, non-land permanent. Just gets anything at instant speed for free. For three. Yeah, yeah, I said, yeah, for three is what I meant, not for free. Yes. And can't be countered. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, three colors of mana, and people are like, oh, I don't know, it's, got, it's three when when 
that other one is three mana. You lose three life. And anguished Unmaking. Anguished Unmaking. Yeah, we're playing that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Anguished Unmaking is easier to cast. Don't give me that. I hate when I hear people say like, well, the mana is too hard. A three drop commander that costs three different colors of mana. Really? How many basics are we playing? Three? Yeah. <laughs> Everything else gives us multiple colors. That Like Voidrend, not difficult to yeah. cast, I guarantee you. You're going to play Voidrend on turn three most games, if, if you have to. If you're not playing your commander. Now, it doesn't get land. Does, does, does that matter? I don't think so. Does it matter? Like, don't you want to get like a, don't you want to get a Gaia's Cradle? Don't you want to get a Glacial Chasm? I couldn't kill Alex or Aiden through a Glacial Chasm the other day. He kept gaining life, and, and then you know how you have to lose life to... Cumulative upkeep lose two life. Yeah, he lost like ten life one one turn because he had it, <laughs> but he kept gaining life. Damn it! Yeah, fuck. If I had like a, if I had a, a stone a, rain, a vindicate. Yeah, destroy target permanent. I could have got him. Alas. Anyways. Anyways, we're uh, also yeah. playing in the removal category: Swords Path, Rapid Hybridization. Those all kill a creature for one mana, and a Hopeful Initiate. Hopeful Initiate. Let's give this one a read. This is a one-two human warlock for white. It has training. So I think that's when it attacks with a bigger creature, it gets plus one. I think that's how that works. Sure. Doesn't that's not why we're playing it. It goes white, two, remove two plus ones from among creatures you control, destroy target artifact or enchantment. It's a cool card. Yes, it's good because remember, Rafine puts plus one plus one counters on our creatures. Mm-hmm. We don't need to rely on training. We just rely on drawing cards and discarding cards when we attack with our commander. That's right. To uh, to remove the plus ones from hopeful, hopeful initiate. That's good. That's very good. Now let's talk about some sweepers. Oh. Because there's some cool stuff in the sweeper category. I like this lots. Let's do it. I was excited. First of all, we're going to start off with one of my current favorite cards. Oh. I really like this card. It's Toxrill. Ooh. Okay. Let's see if I got this. 7-7 seven, seven for 7. Slug Horror. At the beginning of each upkeep, you put a slime counter on a creature. Each end step. Oh, each end step. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Each end step, you put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one for each slime counter on them. <laughs> it's gooing them to the ground. Don't Google that. No. And then whenever a creature you don't control with a slime counter on it dies, we get a one, one black sluggy D. That's pretty good. A sluggy token, that is. No. Continue, because there's more writing on that card. Mm-hmm. Blue, black, sack a slug, draw a card. Wow. That's pretty good. That's lots of stuff. Man, Toxrill is so good. Lots and his ass is a brain. Brain ass. Brain ass. We have a Toxic Deluge. I think everybody knows that one by now. Yep. Kills creatures. If you're not aware of sudden spoiling, you should be. Yep. This is a fantastic card. It's an instant with split second for black, black, one until end of turn. Creatures target player controls lose all abilities and are zero twos. Yeah, I really like that in conjunction with Toxic Deluge. Because then you only have to pay two life to deluge all their creatures away. I like it in combination with Toxrill, because that usually just kills everything that they they control. Because yeah. they have two slime counters yes, on them. And yes, yes, Now yes, they have yes. eaten a plate of shit. Yeah. We have an Austere Command. Oh, yeah. This one people are saying is slipping out of favor because it costs six. And you know, you can't play six drops in Commander anymore. Oh, right. According to all of the popular content creation out there, yeah. you can't play six drops. Right. Uh, or, or if you do, you can play like one. Obviously, oh. I'm being sarcastic and a little bit <laughs> facetious because I think you can play 87 six drops in a deck and be Ab- fine. Absolutely. Destroy all big creatures, destroy all little creatures, destroy all arties or enchanties. I think that this is a cool you card. You choose two, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think that if you want to make the deck 
a little better, you could switch this with a Cyclonic Rift. Ooh, yeah, like, Cyclonic Rift. That's a good card. That doesn't yeah. get your dudes. It's instant speed. Costs one more, but this is a deck where I can say something like that. Like, just yep. play a card that'll make you win as opposed to one that what's, like, brings you back down to parity. What's the card that, that um, you can counter a instant or sorcery or you can counter like a non-creature spell but it also has transmute and it costs like blue blue so you transmute all the mixture i think you're right blue blue it's like counter target like non-creature spell or something or instant or sorcery and you can transmute it into a cyclonic rift because they both cost two yeah you can rift your opponents to death pretty good fantastic last sweeper i really like that this this card found a home in Rafine, and that makes me so happy. It's Archfiend of Ifnir. Whenever you cycle or discard another card, put a minus one, minus one counter on each creature your opponents control. Each? So if we attack with five guys, and one of our guys connives five, mm-hmm. because target creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures, mm-hmm. we're going to maybe... Put five plus one plus one counters on a guy mm-hmm. who's going to hit you for five more because that happens before combat, mm-hmm. and then all your guys are going to die. Mm-hmm. All before combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so you can't even block. It's amazing. I'm going to attack with as many guys as I have to to wrath your entire board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Every turn. It's so good. That card is amazing, and I wanted to find a place to put it for so long. And then Von Doom did it, and that's awesome. The I'm power really level of of going on aggro plan with Rafine and company and Archfiend of Ifnir, who's going to hit you for five anyways. Yeah, in the air. Is very powerful. Yes. Because you can sweep the board every turn. Cyclonic who? Yeah, Cyclonic Rift what? what? <laughs> I'm just going to fucking kill everything. Yes. Yes. So good. Let's do some card advantage stuff. Quick-ish. Sure. We've got Aristic Study and Aristic Buddy. Let's play a thing, pay some mana, and or we draw a card. Yep. Then we have a Grazalax Illithid Scholar. Apparently, this is a, a this is a house. This guy. Okay, so he's a horror three two for blue blue one. I don't think we ever played this guy before. I don't think we have either. Whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, you may return it to its owner's hand. Ooh. That's yeah. thereby saving it and taking advantage of ETB abilities again, which Correct. is good in both regards. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. That's pretty good. Yeah, and we just demonstrated that we can sweep the board. And even if we can't, the two creatures we were just talking about have flying. Yeah. So it just like hits you draw a card. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's not too bad. Okay. Then we've got a Dream Trawler is our last card advantage engine. Oh, wouldn't you know? It's another flyer. Oh, weird. Oh, okay. A 3-5 flying lifelinker. Whenever you draw a card, it gets a plus one until end of turn. Whenever it attacks, draw a card. Fantastic. And discard a card, which we want to be doing anyways. Dream Trawler gains hexproof until end of turn and tap it. Yes. The, the mana cost of that spell is high. It's... White, white, blue, blue, two, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. Hey, another six drop. Yeah, might as well cut it. So you're gonna swing. <laughs> for, you're gonna swing for five with your archfiend of Ifnir. Yep. Sweep the board. You're gonna draw five in order to discard those five, and your dream trawler is gonna turn into a what, like a be a ten ten or a ten five or something. It'd be huge. Whenever you draw a card, it gets huge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be a a, a sizable beater. It's gonna be a whole bag of dinks. It's gonna be a whole. It's gonna be like a. 
a cat of nine tails of socks with penny rolls in them. <laughs> it's going to be like a morning star of balls <laughs> hitting you in the face. I don't know. I couldn't think of it. Man, you know what you need from a penny roll of balls hitting you in the face? What is it? Protection. Yes. And that's what this deck also plays. We have an unsettled mariner. Oh, it's an advisor, isn't it? It's also a cat. It's got changeling. It does. <laughs> yes. It's an advisor. Two, two for two. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes a target of spell and ability, an opponent controls counter unless they pay one. So that's kind of like ward one. Gives it? all your stuff ward one. So our commander now has ward one twice. Yes. So then we have my least favorite card in Magic the Gathering, Tef's Protection. Hey, yeah, Tef's Protection. See the pre-show on how to win when your opponent yes. Tef's Protection. We, we broke it. We cracked the codes. So that's remove yourself from the game, essentially. You can't lose. And it undoes your opponent's 25-minute turn that you then have to sit through again because you didn't want to lose right then. <sighs> Dang. Anyway, Malevolent Hermit. Oh, Malevolent Hermit. I, when this guy came out, I knew that this gonna, was going to be a CEDH guy. This is a 2-1 human wizard for blue one. Blue, sacrifice him. Counter target non-creature spell unless it's controller pays three. And he's got Disturb. So when he gets down with the sickness, he comes back as a 2-2 flyer. Non-creature spells you control can't be countered. Hey, that's pretty that's good. That's pretty good, yeah. And if he would die, you exile him instead. Yeah, that's that's cool. I like that. That's a good card. I like that card. I like that because both sides are like, don't 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 fuck with me, bro. Like, yeah. they're yeah. solid cards for the mana cost that you're paying into them, and they give you a little body. It's yeah. pretty good. And in Animar, super good because I only pay like one form instead of two. <laughs> yeah. And the last one I like this one is Esior, Esior. Wardwing Familiar. Yeah. Spells your opponents cast that target one or more perms you control, or commanders you control, cost three more to cast. So it gives your commander ward three on top of the ward one and the additional ward one that we gave him earlier. Yeah, so that's kind of like ward five. That's like build your own ward. I like it. Yep. Yep. Shall we tutor? Ooh. Let's do some tutoring. Yeah, let's, let's do some toots. We play demonic, vampiric, and should be grim tutors. The, the should-be Grim Tutor is a Varagoth Blood Sky Sire. I think that probably the Varagoth is in here because I, I'm i getting the impression that we want to attack. Yeah. Right? So if I have a tutor that can also attack, and, and it can attack with, with Boast, which I think gives it haste, doesn't it? No. Oh. If I have a tutor that can attack, that's probably that's, what this it, deck wants. It's not too bad. It's, so this guy... um. You can go black one. Target player searches their library for a card, puts it on top of their library. Um, so it's kind of like a vampiric tutor, right? It's with no life loss. It's a three two with death touch for three that attacks. And then, yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, shitty demonic tutor or slightly improved vampiric tutor? I don't know. It's somewhere in between vampiric and demonic, but it can also hit you. Yes. Or block. <laughs> <laughs> Right, what else do we got here? Let us go to well. Let's let's go to the attacky section, the the violence section, as Chris calls it. All right, because like I'll choose violence. I just mentioned that we want to attack. Let's see how much we want to attack. Well, we're gonna start off with uh, our whale wolf. Remember the whale wolf? Yes, much better than any of the werewolves currently in print. Ukima stalking shadow. <laughs> 
I'm going to dig on those things until oh, Watsy stops printing. I, I was trying to decide if I wanted to laugh or not, but, you know, we could draw <laughs> some more attention to that. Yeah. Yes. Okay, 2-2 two, two, Whale Wolf for three. It's uh, Demir and one, that is. Partners, who cares? Because it partners with, like, a green guy. It does give you a shuffle if you want it. That's important. Yeah, that might be important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you tutor for something, put it on top with Varagoth, and then you play this, and you're like, ooh, maybe I tutored the wrong thing. <laughs> Better get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can't be blocked, which is great. Whenever Ukima leaves the battlefield, it deals X damage to target creature, or uh, no, sorry, target player, and you gain X life where X is its power. So remember, we attack with a bunch of dudes, we connive X on Ukima, and then they block... And then it bounces back to our hand with that squid fucking... Well, they're not going to block this guy because he's unblockable. Oh, shit. Yeah, that yeah, was, dang, I, I was... I saw where you were going with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, bounce it, it to our hand, and then yes. they take the damage anyways. Correct. But he's unblockable. Dang it. Small complaint about that card. It has a cat face, not a wolf face. Let's move on to Shabraz the Sky Shark. Shirazi B. Okay, this guy... Partners again? Also don't care. Yeah, it's another shuffle. Sure. 3-3 three, three Flyer. Whenever you draw a card, which we will. Going to be doing lots. Yeah, put a plus one, plus one counter on Shabraz, the Sky Shark, and gain one life. Hey, pretty mm -hmm. good. Yeah. And then we can play pay an Azorius hybrid mana. Target human gains flying until end of turn. Do you think that Toothy would also be good here somewhere? I think Toothy would go in this deck pretty good too. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Do we have any humans that we care about other than Unsettled Mariner, who's a human advisor? The next card is a human. It's Midnight Pathlighter. Oh, look at that. Creatures you control can't be blocked except by legendary creatures. Yeah. That's kind of okay. Only a couple creatures on the battlefield are probably going to be legendary. Most yep. likely. And it's a 2-3 for 4. And whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player... Venture into the dungeon. <laughs> Man, we're doing it all. We're venturing. And you probably pick the one that gives you like a treasure and draws you a card or gives you goblin blockers Indeed. because you want, or goblin attackers, yeah. because you want to attack more to connive more. There's probably a dungeon that you want with this deck. Most likely. Yeah. Ishai Ojatai Dragon Speaker. This card is wild. Yeah, what? Yeah, it's a 1-1 one, one flyer for four, which is great. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a plus one counter on him. Hey. Wow. Yeah. That's... There's there's a couple cards that do that, but this one's a flyer. Yeah, this one flies, and, which is wild. And it's going to get big by itself. We don't even need to connive onto it. Cool. One of the best creatures in the deck, I would say, Herald of the Secret Streams. Oh, creatures you control with a plus one, plus one counter on them can't be blocked. That's it. It's yep. pretty good. Yep. So we just attack with everything. Or if we attack... A couple different times, and we connive onto a different guy each time. Over time, your guys are just going to become unblockable. Yes. It's pretty good. And the last creature in the violent section, we've talked about this lady being really good, and I think people are catching on. It's Adeline Resplendent Cathar. Yeah, this was from our Innistrad Midnight Hunt pickups, mm -hmm. top five in five episode. Go back and watch all the top five in fives. Very smart. Yep. This card, I think, is good. I want to put this in my white deck. You should. I love doing the colorized altars of this art. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. Looks probably looks probably pretty nice, yeah. And also, looks like Liv Tyler. Looks like Arwen yeah. from Lord of the Rings. Kind of does, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, if you wanted to get real deep, you could alter the sword to look like that knife from Lord of the Rings. It has like the yellow, the yellow snake and the red snake on it. 
Yellow snake and red snake. Yeah, there's like a, it's like a dagger. I forget what it's called. If I remember the name, I would definitely say it, but I don't. Sure. Well, let's read the card. This is an, a star four, another human. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Star four for three. It's got vigilance. Adeline Resplendent Cathar's power equal to the number of creatures you control, which is good. Yeah. So, and, so far, it's one. Yes. And whenever you attack... For each opponent, create a 1-1 white human, again, creature token that's tapped and attacking that player or planeswalker they control. So now she's a 5-4. That's pretty good. Just by herself, that's pretty good. And because they're humans, we can pay an Azorius mana if we have Shabraz and give them all flying. Yeah. And then we can connive onto them if we want. I don't think we can connive on to... Well, I guess, is is our commander's ability triggered? Like, could we layer it so we got the human creature tokens first and then connive onto them? Is that a thing we can do? Both of them are when you attack. When so, you attack triggers, so you layer them in a way that the Adeline tokens come in and then you resolve the Rafine connive onto them. Neat. I don't know why you'd ever want to connive onto a... Like a creature token, but, you know, sometimes you just got to connive onto a creature token. Yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to attack with Adeline. This is going to get through because, like, player two is at, you know, four life and has no blockers. And I'm going to connive onto the token to kill them because I'm going to draw four and discard four or whatever. And they're going to take five from the token. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there it is. Yeah. And they do count as attacking creatures when the connive resolves, even though you didn't declare them during declare attackers that's pretty good yeah rafine still sees them as attackers because that's what they are because that's what they're fucking doing pretty good (laughs) let's we've got a couple more categories here we've got approach of the second sun and walking ballista in a rest in peace category yeah which i assume is just like uh, i win the game or i'm gonna just make walkie be huge and kill you that way yeah approach of the second sun's fairly obvious you play it and then you attack and then you immediately play it again yes so that'll do it the walking ballista is fairly self-explanatory it just gets a bazillion counters on it from you attacking and then you can just machine gun people out yes. although i don't think it's as efficient in this deck as other walking ballista kills yeah but i mean that's fine because every time you would attack every time you attack it represents you know that much more damage and you can put plus one plus one counters on it if you just have mana yeah so both are good. Both are good ways to do it. Now, we've got some getter backers. This wouldn't be a discard into my second hand deck if we didn't get the getter backers. And it wouldn't be a deck on Commander Cookout Podcast if we didn't play at least one favorite card of each of us. Very important to play yeah. all of the cards you like. Yep. Yeah. So we got a Tox Riddle for me, and we have a Yogmoth's Will for you. Oh, baby. Yogi Will. This is until end of turn, you can play cards from your graveyard. If stuff goes to your graveyard, though, you got to exile it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That's, that's I'm, I'm just going to play any fucking thing I want out of my graveyard. Lands, that random soul ring for value, that mana crypt that got destroyed on turn two, get it back. Yeah. And then I'm going to play like a creature. Like a shieldred? Like, like a shieldred, make you sacrifice creature during your upkeep, and I get somebody back from my graveyard every upkeep. Pretty good. Like a card I discarded to Rafine's conniving ability and Ex- just get it back exactly and that we, we're of course playing a shieldred we also have an animate dead a necromancy and a reanimate those are all 
enchantments that grab a creature out of a graveyard and make them be alive again. Yep. We have a Phyrexian Reclamation that lets you pay some mana and life to get a creature from your yard into your hand. And we've got... Did you say Persist? I did not say Persist. Oh, well, Persist is a sorcery return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a minus one, minus one counter on it. Neat. Which is, is kind of like a Dance of the Dead or an Animate Dead. It's a sorcery instead of an enchantment, but when we connive with that creature that plus or that minus one goes away we cool. just get it back yeah mm -hmm. rafine i think would be really good with persist creatures yeah would yeah. really and she, I, I guess she's not in the the colors of well what makes this but like you have the black ones and the blue ones and the white ones there's no white uh oh. earth creatures except for the next card we're going to talk about but that came from modern horizons or whatever so it doesn't oh count. you're talking about unearth i'm talking about persist still Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, we're talking about different things. Because the next card has on Earth, and it's Priest of Fell Rites. This is a neat card. I like this a lot. Yep, this is a 2-2 two, two for 2. You pay 3 life, sacrifice it, and you get a creature back from your graveyard to the battlefield. Only as a sorcery. Mm -hmm. And it's got Unearth, which is black, white, 3. Return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, sacrifice it at end of turn. So you could pay five and then tap and sack, pay three life so it dies again, and get another thing back. Mm -hmm. Important to note with Unearth is it's at the beginning of the next end step. So if you were to say end the turn with it on the stack, you can keep it forever. And whenever the creature leaves the battlefield for any reason, it gets exiled. Ah. That's important to note with with Unearth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I think important that is you're not casting it. Yes. Yes, you're not yes. casting it. So, like, if you have a Vidalcan Ori or a Leyline of Anticipation, you can't actually unearth at instant speed because it's activating an ability that is built into the ability is sorcery doing speed. it at sorcery speed. Yes. And because you're not casting it, it has to say that. Let's talk about some value stuff. Yes. There's some neat shit in this section, starting with Sage of Hours. Sage of Hours. Uh... This gives you extra turns or something, right? Whenever sure you cast a spell that targets Sage of Hours, put a plus one on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not doing that. No. We're putting plus ones via connive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Remove all plus one, plus one counters from Sage of Hours. For each five that were removed, take an extra turn. That that could result in infinite turns. Yes. See Archfiend of Ifnir, minusing all your opponents, creatures, and attacking with Adeline and this at the same time, you just connive for five or six, and you can take infinite turns. Yep. What a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you hit somebody for six with your Sage of Hours, and then take an extra turn, and then just hit them for six again. Now, important to know that to make that work, we need to be drawing enough cards that are not land cards. Yes. So if we discard a land, you don't get a plus. Right. But... Uh, that's just how it's going to work that way for you. I, I have I have faith. Reconnaissance. That's good in this deck. Yep. Re you pay zero and remove target attacking creature from combat and untap it. That can be after it's done damage. Yes, because it's still an attacking creature at end of combat. Yes. F step within the combat okay. phase. So you can save your blocked creatures from combat damage and then you can untap your creatures that have dealt combat damage. Yes, all for the cost of zero whole mana. Yeah, and, and one. On the enchantment. Although, 21 freedom units are 267 Canadian dollars to pick that card up. Yeah. Lion Sash. Ooh, a little uh, little new one here. This is a, uh, an equipment, but it's also a cat. 
It's a 1-1 one, one for 2. You could pay 1, exile a card from a graveyard. If it was a permanent card, you put a plus 1 on Lion Sash, or you can reconfigure, a.k.a. equip it, mm-hmm. and equip creature gets plus 1, plus 1 for each plus 1, plus 1 counter <laughs> on Lion Sash. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird how they have to word it like that. Yeah, but. but It's very cool, and I guess it's kind of like a, a white scavenging ooze yes. or something. It's a cool card. Wavenging ooze. I'll take it. Yep. Lisa, Lisa, Laisa, sure. Forgotten Archangel. Flying Lifelink. We've established that flying in this deck already good. Yes. Yep. Whenever another non-token creature control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it. That's good. That's, that's, that's the white, black angel sister that gives me something and takes something away from you. That's what that is. Sure. Yes. Yeah. That's like the, what the what the fuck is it? Gisela. This is the black white Gisela. Sure it is. Yes. Library of Lang. Uh, this is cool in this deck. I like this. You don't have to discard. Like you skip your discard step. Right. You don't have a no maximum hand size, but you do skip your discard phase. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's, it's eh? weird, but and I don't think it ever comes up. I don't think that's ever important, but that's stick to the minutiae that's what we're all about here in Commander Coco podcast whenever uh, let's read the fucking real word to this card because this is a weird one whenever okay. you discard a card you can put the card on oh, top oh, of your library oh. and set it into your bin oh you have no maximum hand size oh, bull is, crap. is the errata is the new oracle text oh, and, and 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 if an effect causes you to discard a card discard it duh but you may put it on top of your library instead of into your graveyard. Yeah, cool, hey? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, so you draw all those cards with your whoever, and let's say you draw something that you really need. You can just discard it back to your to the top so of your deck. if we're taking infinite turns with Sage of Hours, and we don't have, like, Infect or any combo win in here, and somebody is at, like, 500 life. We can just discard with Library of Lang back to the top of our library, thereby never milling ourselves. Yes. More important than that, though. You always make sure that you always have the exact number of non-lands to discard. Yes, yes. you always <laughs> have the same cards because you just continue to sac- or discard non-land cards to the top of your library, and you can stack the top of your library that way. Very cool. Yeah, very good. Grim Hireling. I like this one, too. G Hireling. Okay, give it a read. Grim Hireling is a 3-2 Tiefling Rogue for black 3. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you get two treasures. Also has black, sack X, treasure, target tre- creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. Activate only as a sorcery. Well, that's fine. It's like a little treasure treasure right there. A little neat card there. Yep. Containment Construct, another v- VP? AVP? MVP? MVP. There it is. MVP. Or VIP. That as well, yes. That would work. Okay, 2-1 for 2. This is another new one. Construct, artifact. Whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you can play that card this turn. It's pretty good. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, because we still get to play the card. Yes. Yes, very good. And Akroma's Will. This is just like second, third win con. I guess this just seals the deal for you, right? Yeah, most of the times when you play a Chroma's Will, it just says win the game on it. This deck, I think, might be a little bit less that because, like, you're going to be attacking with four or five guys, and sometimes that's not enough to get you there, but oftentimes it's going to be. 
You're probably yeah. going to win the game each time you play a Chrome. If well. we're attacking with four or five guys that all have four or five counters on them, and then they all have double strike. Yeah, <laughs> and trample, and lifelink, and protection from everything. And flying. And vidge. Yeah, they're, it's, it's yeah, good. That's a, we're, we probably made it. All right, let's get down to the brass taxes, Ryan. Ooh, I see what you did. There. Yeah, here's, and here's the lesson. Here's the lesson, friends. This is the secret? This is the secret. This is a, and this is a big secret. You can still play a high-powered casual deck, as this is, and play stacks. And it's fine. It's fine. Elaborate. There are going to be some cards that we're going to talk about that will make people very angry and very salty. And you know what? They're fine. They're fine. Playing stacks is an absolutely acceptable strategy as long as you say, hey, I'm playing some light stacks in this deck. Yes. You don't have to apologize for it. Just tell people that you're playing it. You know what this is not? This is not a completely lock out the game so you can't win and my win condition is you scoop. Yeah. That is not what this is. And if you articulate it like that and Mm -hmm. say, I'm playing some light stacks in the early game because I'm a control deck and all of my finishers are, you know, five, five flyers that rely on my commander to buff them. Yeah. To kill you. Like, that isn't a strategy that just wins overnight. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is going to take years for this deck to win. So how do you ensure that you get to the late game with enough of your shit intact? Well, you, you play some light stacks pieces early game to control what your opponents are doing. Yeah. And, it, and I think you're right. This is fine because you're not with these really stopping me from playing my game. You're just making sure that you survive until the late game so you can play your game. And every card, I think, in this section of 11 cards are cards that you could jam into virtually any deck. And just because of the nature of deck building now and the new cards that are coming out, all of them will pay dividends that are not to be underspoken. Okay. So let's talk about some of these. Okay. We'll mention the ones that are creatures because we, we're an attacking control deck, which yes. is interesting. <laughs> And we'll we'll just say what they do. Thalia, Heretic, Cathar. It's a creature. Creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. I can still play. Mm. I'm just ET being tapped. You're just slow now. I'm okay with this. Scheming fence. Oh. This is a cool one. And a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a 2-3. Enters the battlefield. Choose a non-land permanent. Activated abilities of the chosen permanent can't be activated. Mm-hmm. Probably a mana rock or somebody's commander. Probably. Yeah. Okay. And Scheming Fence has all activated abilities of the chosen permanent, except for loyalty abilities. You can still choose a planeswalker, yep. but you it can't do planeswalker things. He doesn't turn into a planeswalker if you pick one. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. That card is really good. Yeah. I missed it. You missed it. I think lots of people have missed it. Don't sleep on this and just go Just go get one. You'll eventually want one. Yep. Promise. Cumball, Consul of Allocation. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, that player loses two and we gain two. Cool. That's a good one. That's a win condition against combo decks. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can't win. Well, I probably could. I was thinking like a walking ballista combo in my Animar deck has a tough time fucking winning through that card. <laughs> <laughs> if if I like if I don't kill it, right? Anyways. This card is incredible. And it's, everybody needs to, to play this while it's 99 cents. Yes. Hushbringer. Ooh, yeah. Hushbringer. Flying lifelink. So it's it's a flyer, mm-hmm. which is good. Good in this deck. One, two, 
Creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Right. So it's a torpor orb yep. on a dude. Keep reading. Creatures leaving the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger either. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that it did that, and I was yeah. like, I yeah. think I missed it, or it doesn't actually do what I thought it did. Creatures entering or leaving. Yeah. Sorry, dying. Correct. Dying. Yeah. So dies triggers and ETB triggers don't happen. Correct. Important, non-creature ETB things happen. Yes. Yes. So it's like nice aristocrats deck, bud. Ooh. Nice blink deck, homie. Yes. Turns them all the way off. Yes. Now, cast abilities work. Yes. When you cast this spell, do this thing, right? Still or works. artifact entering the battlefield. Still works. And when somebody has to burn their Ulamog to kill your Hushbringer, that's just a good feeling. <laughs> that's worth, okay? Grand Abolisher. During your turn, your opponents can't cast shit, and it's a creature. It's City of Solitude in white. Yeah. Dranath Magistrate. Your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hand. So that turns off Cascade. This does stop people from playing their game. If you're sitting down with an opponent that plays zero removal, this stops you from playing your commander. So that's why people don't like this card. But I think that most people would agree that it's a good idea to run removal in your deck. So probably just... Don't cast your commander until you kill this. I think that's fine. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that's how it works because <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. But what I mean is, is it's, this is a fine card. This is a card that when it first came out, it turned off commander casting, and people just got really—I don't want to say butthurt, but people got really salty about it. Yeah. But if you look at what it does now, look at Magic now, and think of all of the stuff that this, all of the just brutally Jessica's will, nah. No. You're just red, will, you're just red card draw. Yeah. Pro, All the red Prosper, card yeah. Prosper casting from Exile is a big thing right now. Yeah. Like Cascade, like you say, I have a Cascade deck, as do, I'm sure, thousands of people out in the nation. <laughs> yep. Um, Commanders, yeah. It, it turns off so many just insurmountable value engines just by being there. Ooh, uh, casting from the top of your library, like mm -hmm. like Bolus's Citadel. That's right. Yeah, can't do that. There's so much just game-breakingly powerful stuff that Dranath Magistrate also catches that I think people wouldn't be so sore on if he didn't stop Commander. Like, if you could still play your Commander through Dranath Magistrate, I don't think he would have the same kind of bad rep that he does now. Well, you can. You just have to play Removal. Yeah, and I mean, that's the, well, I mean, that's the same with everything. We'll play yeah. Removal. There's no bad cards. Just play so much Removal. But I mean, yeah. we don't want to say that here because that's... I think... That's like saying get good, Scrub, and we're not going to do that. I think with this card, we can say that because the... It does a thousand things, but the only thing that people care about is it doesn't let me cast my commander. Mm -hmm. Well, get good. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like saying that either, but really. Sure. Anyways. Deafening silence. Deafening silence. Enchantment this time. Each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell on their turn. There's probably a, a better soft stack you could play instead of that. There's creatures that make it so you just can't play more than one spell. I think that might be better. Maybe um, other Thalia or the other creature that says um, you have to cast creatures. It was in Commander 14, that white one. Mm. Uh, uh, Doesn't matter. Well, yeah. It's on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, which it should be. Blind Obedience. Blind, another enchantment. Stuff comes into play tapped and it's got extort. So when you cast stuff, you're uh, you can pay extra and make your opponents lose life. And you gain life. Yeah, very good. They lo everybody loses one, you gain that much. Yes. So for one mana, you go up three, everybody go down one. That's good. Even Mind Sensor. Ooh, if they if your opponents tutor, they only tutor the top four. It has flash, too. And it's got flash. That's awesome. And worth noting, flying. Yes. Yeah. 
Asioc the Dream Render. Oh man, I love this card. Spells and abilities your opponents control can't cause them can't cause their controller to search their library. Wrecked. So, no land ramp, no tutors, F you. Right. Also, minus one. Target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard, then exile <clears throat> each opponent's graveyard. Sick. Yeah, everybody misses the each part. That yeah. gets mine too. Yeah. Are you each? I guess I am. Well, you could mill yourself. And then next aisle, everybody else's yeah, graveyard. Yes, that, and that's maybe what you do in this deck. Could be. Like, if if I tutor with a vamp tutor, and then I mill myself with Ashiok, and then I persist or animate dead something into play, that sounds like a really cheap way to get fucking a big, big. Yeah. Yeah. There's my shieldred. Last one, last card in the deck, Archon of Amiria. Oh, yeah. A 2-3 flyer. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. Fine, whatever. I just demonstrated a way to get my... Whatever. That's right. Non-basic lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. And since everybody's greedy, that basically says lands your opponent's control come into play tapped. Fantastic. It's a great card. And that's the deck. That's the deck. That's the deck. That's it. I I like it because I like highlighting a, a thing that people have like a preconceived notion of. Like stacks is for assholes, stacks is for perverts, as they say on, yes. on Commander Sphere. And it's true. And and I play stacks all the time. But we just talked about the whole stacks and tax section not being a problem. I don't think it is, yeah. Good. Yeah. And you know what? Like most of those were don't mess with me or I'm going to tax you a little bit yeah. in the form of your shit is tapped. And in some cases, and I can speak to this in many games, especially with Hushbringer, don't kill this, man. It's turning that deck off. As mm. soon as you kill this, they're going to kill all of us. Oh, oh hey, a... I, I got an idea. Here's a secret. Sometimes when we stacks or turn something off, like with a Hushbringer, we're knocking the, the head off of the most powerful thing that's happening at the table, mm -hmm. thereby letting the lesser things that are happening happen to a greater degree. Yeah. We're killing the big fish so the little fish can play. So that the little fish can get some lead pipes and knock the big fish's knees out. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. What I said is probably a little bit more accurate. <laughs> yeah, but what I said is a lot more fun. Okay, strengths and weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses. It it lets lesser strategies have more fun. Flourish, yes. There it is. Okay. But it also controls. Mm -hmm. It controls through attacking creatures. Yes. Which is weird. It's crazy, yeah. I love that that's like a like the, the control deck doing the aggro deck thing. Yes. It's like you and I built this deck for Chris. It's weird. Yeah, because I do like control decks. I like seeing if I can do as little as fucking possible, just bullshit and drink beer, but still do my thing and win <laughs> games after like two hours of just slogging through the mud. <laughs> and then see if I can win. I fucking love that. And you like to attack with creatures. Yeah, and I like to hit people with creatures and lead pipes and socks full of sand. Yes. And my fist. <laughs> yes, oh, my my fist full of socks. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> no, that's that's right. <laughs> okay, long game features a long game strategy. Yes. To me, strength. To and, me, strength. Deceptively, this deck can go fairly quickly. If you get a like a Hushbringer, a Grand Abolisher, your commander, one other creature, what, like one flyer. Yeah, you're now all of a sudden you've got like seven, seven, ten, ten, eleven, eleven, thirteen, thirteen, attacking every single turn in the air, unblockable. You're going to start knocking people out and you're quicker than you think. Five or six cards a turn, you're going to find more flyers. Yeah. You're going to find a tutor. You're going to find a Chroma's Will. You're going to find your removal. You're going to find all that stuff. So this, this deck can go faster than you think, 
but it also has that great long game strategy, like you said. Yeah, I, I've got a I've got a thing here. Rewards patience, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't have to be. Yes. <laughs> uh, new and interesting. New and interesting does a different thing than what we've seen. Like we've been highlighting over the last couple of weeks with Capenna Commanders. Always a strength. Is is it does something? It it attacks to control the board, which is yeah, cool. Which is neat. Moving over to weaknesses. It's an Azorius aggro deck. And Azorius doesn't usually do the aggro plan, so you might be stretching a little bit to get the actually aggressive creatures that you want to make your aggro strategy work. Yes, and if you're sitting down and it's not at a CEDH death-killing machine table, Mm -hmm. and you're sitting down with a bunch of the staple CEDH cards that are in this deck, Mm -hmm. you have to have a very articulate and well-thought-out kind of pre-game conversation slash rule zero yeah. kind of presentation of this deck. It's a fairly high-powered casual deck, and you got to be aware of that. That yeah. you could make some people salty, especially with the bad taste that stacks can leave in people's mouths. Yeah, and you know what? We're saying that in the weakness section, but it's that isn't really a weakness. Yeah. Having a strong deck doesn't make you the bad guy. Yeah. Right? Well, sometimes having, like, the, the perception of a deckness can be, or a deckness, of a deck can be a weakness because some people just won't buy it. And if you are somebody that truly believes in the power of rule zero, then sometimes you're not going to be able to play your sweet deck. And that sucks. Yes, yes, yeah. You can overmatch the table and then you have to put the deck away. Yeah. But not a weakness that you build a powerful deck and try to win. Right. Because some people like to play the game like that and... And it's up to you with Rule Zero and pre-games to find those people and mm-hmm. to match power levels and, and do that. And and that's us turning like a, a perceived weakness into a positive. Right. Like you play against this deck and it's yeah. fine because you play decks of an appropriate power level mm-hmm. to give this deck a run for its money. Yeah. And I play decks that are just like this and I love them. There you go. Yeah. Fuck straight from the horse's mouth. Exactly. Here's a weakness that I discovered in my game with this deck. Oh, experience. It relies very heavily on the commander to make it go. Mm-hmm. Very heavily. Mm-hmm. And if you can find a way to neut- of neutralizing the commander or just removing it over and over again, your deck just... Now it's just an Azoria's attack deck. Hey. And now you're in the deep shit. Yeah. You, you, you lose a lot of power when you... Yes. When you don't, when you're not able to do the thing, yes. right? Attacking with a one-two with flying is not as good as attacking with a seven-two with flying, yes. and that's basic science. Yes, and yes. without the commander, that's what you're doing. Yeah, granted, Rafine like costs three, then costs five. Yeah, and like, that's that's still okay. And you have a bunch of like graveyard get her back her stuff. So oh you can yeah, bin just, him and get him back. Yeah, like bin him and get him back. Yeah. That's so it strength. Can, <laughs> it can be done. But without your commander in play and a, like he doesn't have to be attacking, but without him in play, you're you're losing steam. Yeah, and, and so that's commander focused. Yes. Um, okay, real quick, budget and spice calculator. Hit him with it. Last weakness though, this deck, man, eh, pretty expensive. Well, that's high power decks are going to run you some money. There it is. I know Chris Von Doom, very big proponent of proxies, and again, we just talked all about pregame and rule zeroing. Add it into your conversation if you're using proxies. Yes. 1,655 big ones for this one. Yeah. And you know what? F the budget. We're just going to move right to uh, the spice calculator. That's right. <laughs> okay. 1,005 Rafine decks on EDH Rector can. Already the most, or the 11th, not the most, the 11th most popular. The 11th most. <laughs> yes. What is it? What is, what is this? Esper? Yes. 
the 11th most popular Esper commander, putting her right below Nevenril Urborg Tyrant and right above classic Sharoom. Ooh, a classic. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Wow. Well, 11th most, 2.60 average CMC, so a little bit high for a true CEDH table, but below where casual decks would like to hang out because you are playing, you know, zero drops and really efficient removal and that kind of stuff, That's which right. is cool. Three tutors, number of dedicated win cons. I said three because we've got like an approach of the second sun, a walking ballista slash infinite turn type thing. You know what? We can say four because you know what probably we're going to do is attack with creatures. Yes. Yes. So let's say four different ways that this deck can air quotes win. Mm-hmm. Punch it all into the spice calculator with a uniqueness rating of 18 only. Yeah. Cards different than the stock Rafine page on EDHREC.com. Again, an unfortunate side effect of playing a deck that's designed to do the most powerful thing that a commander can do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're seeing a spice rating of 42. Well, 41.7. That's pretty good. That's okay. That's not too bad with yeah. such a small uniqueness reading and three tutors. That's good. Yeah, well, and, and it shows that Chris is using his, his thinker, his big thinky, to add in different ways to win if Rafine dies uh, you've got other ways to win, and that does add to spiciness. Like, okay, I can't fucking do the Rafine thing. I guess I'm going to control the board the hard way yeah. and just <laughs> not draw my approach of the second sun seven <laughs> turns from now. <laughs> <laughs> which which uh, you can't even be mad. No, yeah. You mad if you let that. them draw seven cards in seven turns, <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. you, you have it coming. You know what, Chris? You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what do you think? Final thought of the day, thanking Chris, thanking the business daddies. What do you think? I want to thank Chris Von Doom for sending in this excellent deck list. I also want to thank him for letting me totally steamroll him in the game that he played it in. Yeah, uh, this deck must not be that good yeah, if even Brando can beat him. That's right. I mean, it's got to be like a 4 out of four to 10? 4. 4 out of 10 at the very best. Big, speaking of 4 out of 10s, big thanks to FusionGamingOnline.com. <laughs> I'd, I'd raise the grade if they'd follow me on Twitter. I'm not going to lie, but here we are. Special promo code CCO Spring and CCO Perks gets you money off, money back. Let them know that their partnership with us is a good one. Remember, friends, today's lesson, don't be afraid to run stacks pieces to help offset the outrageous amount of value that people are just putting in their decks now. Oh, and I'm going to I'm going to expand question my liege. Do I'm it. going to expand to say don't be scared to run powerful strategies as a means to win the game. Just be honest about power levels when you talk about it. Correct. There we go. There's the secret. Yeah. So do it. Love it as much as we do. And we're going to be back next week to teach you guys another secret of EDH on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.